Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Get Connected with Nina Del Rio, a weekly conversation about fitness, health, and happenings in our community on 106.7 Light FM. Good morning, and thanks for listening to Get Connected. The Salvation Army, one of the nation's largest disaster relief organizations, is serving as the number one charity in feeding the tens of thousands of New Jerseyans in need during COVID-19. Joining me is Divisional Commander Major James Betts from the New Jersey Salvation Army. We'll talk about how they've adapted and where needs stand now. Major Betts, thanks for joining me on the show. Good morning, Nina. Thank you so much for having me. I'll give you a couple of websites, SalvationArmyUSA.org and NewJersey.SalvationArmy.org. And the Salvation Army in general, Major Betts, what is your usual role and what does the organization itself do? Well, that's a great question. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about the Salvation Army. We are an organization of hope. Um, The Salvation Army has for a long time been known as one of the most Uh, loved charitable organizations, but oftentimes people don't know a lot about us. The Salvation Army is about uh, spreading the hope of God and also meeting human need uh, wherever we find it. And that includes housing, that includes help for veterans, that includes help for the elderly. There's a wide range of programs. It's an enormous range. Actually, the Salvation Army meets people in crisis and helps them. That can be homelessness, that can be hunger, as you said, that can be addiction services, that can be uh, being ready to be evicted or struggle to pay their utilities. Uh, the Salvation Army meets them at that place of crisis, walks alongside them, and sees what we can do to help to uh, mitigate that crisis and, in some cases, break the cycle of intergenerational poverty. And within those, those programs, how many people does the Salvation Army typically serve in New Jersey and across the country? Really, across the country, it's about 23 million people a year uh, that the Salvation Army is serving. And within New Jersey as well, millions of people are served each year, uh, and in different ways. In some cases, it's in these crisis intervention uh, services, and in other ways, it's in programs that we utilize to help break the cycle of poverty. And those are oftentimes programs that people know less about. Those can take the form of music lessons. They can take the form of church services. They can take the form of English as a second language classes. You know, times where community comes together and builds upon each other's strengths to find ways to lift everybody up. So in your role as as uh, someone who feeds the residents of New Jersey, specifically Newark and other New, northern New Jersey areas, before we get into details and numbers, I just wonder generally how have things been going the last three to four months? Wow, they've been going sideways in many ways. Uh, They've just been days that we have not experienced before, um, where the need has been so great, particularly in feeding, that we've taken so many of our resources that typically are utilized in, for instance, programs that happen within our facilities where people come together, and really redirected those uh, in a time when we're not allowed to gather together in those ways. We've really redirected those to help most meet the most urgent needs, which for right now 
is wrapped around feeding for sure. And those numbers are pretty incredible, the, the size of the, uh, the need. How many meals have you served during your COVID-19 response efforts in northern New Jersey, and how do they compare to the number of meals you served at this time last year? In New Jersey, it's been hit particularly hard. Um, last year, uh, when we look at the numbers this year, it's over 2.3 million meals that we've served within the state which is actually a 270% increase over what we normally serve during this period of time. Um, and that's been, that's been seen all across the state. So those increases have been just overwhelming. Mm. Drilling down, how many of those, let's say, are to, to Newark in particular? How many of those people are you serving increased meals in Newark in particular? Well, when we look at Newark, we real, we've served about 340,000 meals. Um, and those are people who, about 40% of those folks are people who we've never seen before uh, who are coming to us for, those, for that need of help. And that was last year, uh, somewhere around 40,000 at this time last year, so enormous increases. When you're seeing people for the first time, people who have been hit by furloughs, layoffs, um, especially in, in our area, in the northern New Jersey area, are these people, do you know, are these people who have never uh, needed to seek assistance before, or are they people who are kind of in that gap, right, where a small thing can make a big difference, a small change in their, their work schedule, for instance? It really is a mixture of all of those sorts of people. Um, obviously, there are some folks who are more reliant upon uh, programs like the Salvation Army's Food Pantry uh, during normal times because, frankly, they don't earn enough to, to cover the cost of living in an area like New Jersey. And so we, you know, we try to help them along uh, maybe once a month or so with a, just a little bit of boost to get them through to the next pay. But as I said before, 40% of the folks are brand new to us. And these folks are, in some cases, we know them because they may be involved in other programs. Maybe they're a, a family of children who are in our after-school program or a family who are uh, associated with our music program. Uh, those families we would have some relationship with, and in many cases, this is the first time they've had to ask for emergency assistance. And then that third category are people that are brand new to us, uh, who have had jobs traditionally, been able to provide for their family on their own, but now find themselves in that difficult position where they've been furloughed or they've been their hours have been cut. Um, and while they're trying to meet the needs of their entire family and all the different needs, we try to help them out with a little with some groceries that can help to stretch that budget that much further. Across the country, statistics show that ethnic minorities are, are being hit harder by COVID, not only um, because layoffs are landing harder on minorities, but because they tend to be on, on a lot of the front line. They see um, that they still have to go to work for some things, deliveries, that kind of thing. Are you seeing that through the people you serve? We are seeing that. We're seeing so many of the folks uh, within the minority communities, ethnic communities, as you said, they're in the frontline jobs that have had to continue during times. Uh, in many cases, they're uh, more pro um, proportionately present in cities uh, where folks are much closer together. We know that even within um, the folks that we work with within the homeless community, you know, where do they go to quarantine? Where do they go to recover if they're exposed. And so we're finding that we're having to come up with creative solutions in order to uh, to bring uh, solutions to these situations. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Let me remind everybody first who we're speaking with. It's Divisional Commander Major James Betts from the New Jersey Salvation Army. Websites, salvationarmyusa.org or 
and newjersey.salvationarmy.org. You're listening to Get Connected on 106.7 Light FM. I'm Nina Del Rio. So how have you then mobilized and adapted to take on this new demand? A lot of it has been redirecting resources. A lot of it has been reaching out to partners and donors and community members who are in a position to help uh, meet the increased need. Um, Obviously, we don't function on an annual basis um, with a lot of surplus. We're a nonprofit organization. So when we have this enormous jump in need, uh, we have to find either new resources or redirect resources from other things. And so in this case, we've redirected resources from uh, programs that would typically meet in person, programs that cannot do that currently. We've redirected those resources to uh, feeding, to procuring food, to uh, running an infrastructure that can get those things out to people. Um, We serve through about 100 locations across the state of New Jersey uh, where we can distribute help to people in need. And we have... Typically, those locations work a bit autonomously. They can, you know, source their uh, resources in their community, help the people in need needs uh, that are unique to their community. But in a time like this, what we've done is we've moved to more of a centralized approach where we've created uh, large warehouses in uh, Newark and in Red Bank and in Vineland that serve the three areas of the state and where we can collect food and resources and supplies package them, and send them out to our local units so that they're ready to go. And the local unit just has to figure out how to get them into the hands of people that need them the most. So we've taken that kind of that back office infrastructure stuff and centralized that so that we can be more efficient and we can scale to the need wherever it presents itself. Mm. You have some specific needs that kind of help you with this large amount of stuff. You have um, an appeal you'd like to make to the public for things like forklifts, all that, those kind of items? Yeah, well, I would always say that our first need is funding. Um, Mm. That keeps us agile. That keeps us able to respond to needs uh, wherever they present themselves. Um, And that helps us to adjust as supply lines uh, shift uh, throughout this. Um, So of any size, really, we know that uh, donations of any size, you would know by seeing the Salvation Army in their red kettles, we can do a lot with small donations, and we certainly can do a lot with larger ones as well. So that's always the first. Uh, secondly is food, non-perishable food. Uh, having enough of that to give out is always a challenge for us. We're grateful for partners like the Food Bank um, who help us to supply those things. And then there's those unique things that people don't even realize um, can be helpful to us. When we're running warehouses, you find yourself needing uh, you know, an electric forklift uh, or electric pallet jet or, or a regular forklift. Those aren't things that normal uh, your, your normal listeners could necessarily uh, help us to procure, but there, every once in a while when we get done with one of these interviews, we find that someone was listening that had, a, had access to something unique like that. And so we have a need for those sorts of things as well. And as far as COVID uh, PPE materials, you have a need? We do. We're finding that a lot of the folks that we're serving um, don't have access to things like masks and gloves. And so, you know, we're, we're needing to find 25,000 uh, masks across the state. We want to get those into the hands that need them. We initially asked for them just in response to making sure that our frontline workers had them and our volunteers, 
Um, and as we've been able to meet that need, now we'd love to be able to begin to meet the need of the folks who are coming in uh, for assistance as well. And how has your volunteering been impacted? People are maybe pulling back in some ways to try and keep themselves safe, but the need, of course, as we're talking about, is still great for people to reach out and help. It's been really interesting to watch how that has shifted. Um, obviously, as folks get older and uh, have a little more time on their hands, older in life, uh, they can volunteer more. So a lot of our volunteer base have been older folks who, frankly, are more vulnerable to this virus. And so initially, we did see a pulling back of many of the folks that we would typically lean on in these times. Uh, but since then, we've had people of all ages really step forward and begin to volunteer. And that can be at the local Salvation Army unit, where the needs are many and varied. Um, or they can be at these larger warehouses, these regional warehouses. Now, in those situations, we tend to try to ask for people who can give, you know, two weeks or more so that we don't have to retrain everybody every day. But, yeah, the volunteers has, has taken a bit of a shift along the way. I don't know if you want to speak to this, but I think it was interesting and significant and worth mentioning that George Floyd was a former Salvation Army employee in Minneapolis for people who are looking for ways maybe to contribute um, given current events, there is a, a memory you could serve. Yeah, he he worked, he, he was a security guard for what we call our Harbor Light facility in Minneapolis. And that facility is working with folks who are in uh, crisis, who are in addictions, who are homeless. Um, a Harbor Light can take many forms, but it's a place where folks who are really trying to turn their life around, really trying to grasp at a new hope, uh, for their future, are trying to put their lives together. So George was part of that. He was um, part of the team there that made that possible for folks. And so our heart absolutely, I mean, our heart breaks with any injustice, with any brokenness of our society. But when it hits this close to home, as it has for the Salvation Army, it just it cuts to a new level for us. Given current events, are you seeing frustration in the community or optimism about the long-term outlook of things? Do you have any thoughts on that or anything you'd like to pass on? Sure. Um, we do have folks that are struggling. You know, we talk to, um, we have counselors available to us that we work with to help us to meet needs uh, the best that we can. And we're finding that as folks have gone through this, their reserves, if you will, of emotional fortitude have been drained in large measure. So, we're finding that even within a home, that conflict is rising up much more quickly. Uh, we're seeing folks much less uh, patient with each other and in some cases very discouraged and broken. And so when they come to us and they ask us about, um, you know, what does the future look like? Are we ever going to see the end of this thing? You know, we want to be able to, to speak a word of, of hope and of, of promise into their lives. And so... We've had 7,900 calls to our call centers here in New Jersey just for people asking about spiritual and emotional care uh, questions, where they're just saying, I just need somebody to talk to. And so we stand as an organization who is part of these communities, who is there before these crises hit and are there long after, um, as people to say, we're all in this together. We can figure this out together. We need to get better at hearing each other understanding each other more deeply, empathizing more deeply with each other, and then, frankly, standing alongside each other to find a new way forward that makes sense for everybody and not just a select few.
You can assist the Salvation Army do its good work by contributing on their website, SalvationArmyUSA.org or NewJersey.SalvationArmy.org. Our guest has been Divisional Commander Major James Betts from the New Jersey Salvation Army. Thanks for joining me on Get Connected. This has been Get Connected with Nina Del Rio on 106.7 Light FM. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. If you missed any part of our show or want to share it, visit our website for downloads and podcasts at 1067lightfm.com. Thanks for listening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.